here we go, Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts app, Anchor, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Joining me today, tis the season. It's not quite warm out yet, but tis the season. Baseball, Alec Argento. Sir. What up, brother? I'm hyped. Dude, it's time we talk baseball. I did a podcast with Duff and Frank, released on Monday. Uh, and I, I said at the end, I was like, you know what? Baseball is is near. Spring training has commenced. Balls have been hit. <laughs> and it's time to talk to Alec. What's up? I'm, I'm excited. Hopefully, the, I'm going to set the over-under for, for Mets games that you watch this year at like 35. And I'm hoping for the over this year. 35 is a good number for me. I would say last year that was about what I was at. Because you come in hot. You watch, you know, the first week, probably, you know, four out of the seven, first seven games for me. And then it, and then was July is the Mets uh, year uh, month from hell. Mm-hmm. That one month the Mets just cannot win. <laughs> if you take out Julys over the past two seasons, they have like a really really good record. <laughs> um, then you don't watch anything in July, and then you know they start picking up, and you start watching a little bit towards the end of the season. Day games while you're at work, always watch those. But forty, I'm 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 gonna say forty one and a half, forty one and a half. I'll keep track. Uh, but also I wanted to say this: we've come a long way, my friend. We used to do podcasts with just a laptop. No microphones. <laughs> Sounded terrible. Parents' basement. Your parent, your parents' basement. Often, I think we maybe did one or two at my house. Uh, air conditioner always turned on. <laughs> and I'm not saying our audio is perfect and studio grade, but boy, do we sound a lot better. Really, have come a long way. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, the first episode that we did together was a baseball preview, an MLB season preview. It, yeah, and it, and honestly, the first month or so of us doing it was probably around this time because it was trade deadline, and trade deadline used to be right after All-Star right. break in ba- in basketball, and one of our first podcasts was the Boogie Cousins trade. And the first time that we did this, I actually remember, was when uh, it was spring training, and I said a, a guy to look out for was Aaron Judge. Oh, my God. I also said Greg Bird. <laughs> <laughs> you win some, you lose some. And we actually just did a podcast, uh, Preseason Takes Exposed. On the basketball front, mm-hmm. all the takes we did from our preseason podcast, uh, we discussed what was good and bad about our takes. You would have had uh, two great examples <laughs> <laughs> on both ends of the spectrum there. Uh, but what a world we've gone through since Aaron Judge was a, a boy on the come up mm-hmm. who just struck out a million times in 50 at-bats his first uh, couple months in, this, in the league. He uh, lost out on MVP that we now think he definitely should have won, even though we thought he should have won, won back the then. Yeah. We did a whole podcast on it. Um, but that whole thing is now a crate, a, a madhouse, you know, Altuve getting booed and chirped when he's signing little kids autographs. It's a crazy atmosphere. Um, before we get, uh, let me say this actually first, we're going to talk Mets. We're going to talk Yankees. That's what this podcast is about. We're going to sprinkle in some Knicks at the end. Cause that's what we do. This is going to be a New York, New York podcast going back in time. That's it. That's what it's about. The sports blog, New York podcast. Uh, but we do have to just touch base quick on this. So they're just going to get harassed at basically every stadium that's not Houston. Deservedly so. There's going to be probably visiting fans in Houston, like most games. Already got plunked twice. You got what? Oh, plunked. Yeah, right, right, right. They're going to get hit by pitches and pick fights, and it's going to be ugly. Um, the contrarian in me has a take that says this is going to be good for baseball. But what do you think as a more baseball purist? In terms of the booing, is that good for the... For the in terms not of- specifically the booing, but there is a just ready-made villain in baseball. And the one thing baseball may have lacked in the past five years, because the Yankees... Huh, that's a good point. We've talked about this before. The Yankees were likable until last year, probably. Their first year uh, when they're still under Girardi, they were likable. They weren't supposed to be as good as they were. You liked Aaron Judge. 
Uh, you liked a lot of the young guys on the team. You liked Severino. Um, there's been no villain. It's been parody, which is good, but there's a point of parody where it kind of tops out. When you have the villain, you have the one team everybody just wants to to always give their best shot at. I guess, you know, I get that, and I think that's a good point, but I think what, the villain you want is the villain that wins, right? You want the Patriots. You want the, the Yankees of the, the, the 90s and whatnot. It's tough to... to I understand what you're saying. Everyone, it's going to drive ratings like crazy. But when you right. when you look around the league, and, and since we last did this with Drew, um, every major player and you know all the, the small guys too. But every major player in baseball has come out and said how disgusting this is. Jeter yeah. calling it a black eye on baseball, and Trout and Judge coming out feeling that they were robbed. And you know, ultimately, you know, is that good? That might be good for ratings, but it's not good for the game. Yeah, and when we talk about awards, right? A lot of times we can say, oh, you know, like, oh, so what? This guy didn't make an all-star team. Or so what? You know, he came in third instead of second in an MVP or came in second instead of first for an MVP. Like, you know what? Aaron Judge will have more chances to win MVPs, yada, yada, yada. But when you look at guys' careers and you think about the Hall of Fame and you think about legacy, like, every single thing matters. And you don't think it's true, but that could have been Aaron Judge's best chance at MVP. for sure. Right? Like, it's not unthinkable to assume or to imagine. Derek Jeter is entire career one of the greatest great baseball players the past 50 years or so never won an MVP right so you you look at that and you judge you know judge was truly robbed and yeah that that goes into Hall of Fame voting I'm not saying he's a Hall of Fame player but, but he was on a trajectory to do so sure I mean I'm, I'm still reluctant to say anything like that sure, for someone who's so been in for three years but and has played one real season yeah I mean even like players like Don Mattingly who were incredible you, you have to, you have to have longevity in your career for, for that but regardless it's you like these things matter and 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 ultimately, like, for Manfred to say something like it's just a piece of metal or whatever Ugh. it is, it, it, this is this is everything for for anybody who's who's gotten to this point in their career, right? This is what you when you what you dream of playing wiffle ball in your backyard with your dad or your brothers or whatever it is. Like, this is everything. So for them to to, to do this, like, I, I, they in terms of the 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 reaction of the fans and the players, they deserve everything and more because the you know how I feel about the punishment. It just wasn't nearly enough of what they deserved. Yeah. And this is not going to be a podcast where we flesh out what the punishment could have been and yada, 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 because we just don't know. There's not really one thing you could point to that would be a, a valiant punishment that would really make most people happy. It's really, really hard to figure that out and hard to find. Mm -hmm. So let's move off this conversation because I just wanted to touch on it. It would be, it's wrong to not touch on it right now, especially going to be a conversation for the rest of the year. And it's oh, going to be a conversation sure. for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, especially when you're talking about a team like the Yankees, that was, directly affected and even a team like the Mets that was you know you can probably say tangentially affected but kind of directly affected too because yeah, Beltron and the manager sure. so we have to mention it you have to talk about it uh, but we're not going to dwell on it you know if we're doing a podcast about like the Oakland A's right now a preview podcast for them which I'm sure somebody does in the world um, <laughs> actually there's a really are we sure there, there, no there is I saw it on the iTunes top 100 the Oakland A's podcast by the way weird nerd stuff that I do anyway um Speaking with the Mets and Yankees, it's important to bring up. But anyways, let's start talking about the actual Mets and Yankees. And let's start with the team that lives with championship expectations, the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, you know, like a liar. That doesn't really make no, sense. Pete's trying but to force I just, that. I'm forcing that drop as much as I possibly can. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about the Yankees, obviously, first. Unfortunate news came out. And you, I, and Drew, who I probably should have invited onto this podcast, but it was a little last minute. I just assumed you would have after our Twitter conversation. It was a little bit of a last minute <laughs> podcast by us. So sorry, Drew. We'll get you on before the season starts, I promise. But unfortunate news Luis Severino, 
announced to need surgery. Now, this will be almost two full years if he yep. misses this entire season, which he will. Um, what a blow, first of all. Not that you could have assumed that he would be back to the Seve we saw two years ago, but you hoped he was somewhere near it and would be that linchpin in the rotation with Cole, Tanaka, and Seve. So, initial thoughts on A, Severino and his future as a Yankee and as a baseball player, and then B, on the health and status of this rotation. Yeah, so, I mean... The two players that we signed extensions for, uh, for Hicks and, and, and Severino, uh, we have completely mismanaged them. And it's so friggin' frustrating to watch this because you just see that they, they were hoping that if they didn't do their due diligence that it would just go away. And it's so it's so frustrating to watch that as a fan because anybody with an... If you're having elbow issues for this long, you need Tommy John surgery unless you're like Tanaka and you could just will your way into uh, into pitching through a, a torn uh, a torn elbow uh, ligament. But you played this game and hoped for the long game that everything was just going to go away on its own and didn't exhaust all your options with medical uh, examinations, right? They just decided that, hey, it's not showing up in regular MRIs. What does it cost you, Like it, not just monetarily, but like in terms of time to – Go do the due diligence and get this this dye test that he didn't have to identify this immediately and not lose two seasons of someone who we just signed to a seven-year contract or whatever we signed him for. And they did this exact same thing with Hicks. They did this exact same thing with Didi Gregorius, um, uh, which, like, that's a little different because he's not part of our long-term plans, obviously. He gone. Uh, he gone. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, you, you, just, you see this pattern that has been happening since you know, the past two years or so, and it's just not getting any better. And um, outside of Severino, you also have, like, Paxton. We don't know what's going on with him. We don't know what's going on. And, and like, Jordan Montgomery was another one, too, who had the Tommy John surgery. We're just Tommy John rampant. Um, Paxton's hurt. We don't we don't know what's going on with him. Judge is hurt. We don't know what's going on with him. Uh, it, it's just, it's starting already. And, you know, you you lost Dylan Batances to a full season last year. You need to make sure you're doing everything in your power to do this or else you're just going to put us in a situation where we're behind the eight ball again. And, right. and, and like, I get it. Like for, for someone like Paxson, it's a little different because he's ultimately going to, it sounds, at least it sounds like who knows he might need Tommy John too, but uh, it sounds like he's ultimately healthy and they're just kind of babying him a little bit because they want everyone to be healthy for the playoffs. Um, but you know, this just because you have Garrett Cole doesn't mean you fix yeah. your entire staff, right? You need to have a full staff, and and we went from saying okay, they went from one of the one of the most average uh, rotations to the best one, and now all of a sudden we lose Savvy, and now it's like okay, now who's going to be our fourth and fifth starter? Because uh, Montgomery's coming back from Tommy John, Domingo Herman is is. Uh, um, is suspended. Uh, uh, Johnny Lasagna, Loisiga. Lo <laughs> we don't know what's going on with him and Debbie Garcia. Like, there's just so many question marks, and it's frustrating because, like, when was the last time the Yankees ever had did right with their pitching staff? And like, they it's been a minute. And and it's I was excited this year too because they they got they got Matt Blake, who's this. Uh, analytics focused guy, which is the complete opposite of Larry Rothschild, and and you're you're hoping um, he can change people a little bit, and, and that that you know the combination of him and Garrett Cole, who just seems like a robot in terms of pitching and knows exactly that you know the mechanics and the physics of everything, and is teaching people, and then you just lose Severino, and it knocks your entire rotation into flux again. And this isn't even season injuries, right? This is prior to the season starting, so it's just it's incredibly frustrating, and it's it's just hard to get excited during spring training like I normally am because all you hear is the negatives that's, that are coming out. Like, this isn't, you know. Yeah, and also, you don't, It's or I should say, it's hard to really just say 
oh, you know, blame the medical staff. Like, it's their fault. They did everything wrong and nothing right. Like, you could say that, and I'm sure to an extent they have blame in this whole thing, but when it comes to injuries, there is this luck factor, right? Like, the Mets were riddled with injuries. The Yankees had one of the craziest injury seasons last year that I could ever remember, and it just reaches that point with a fan base where you say, all right, like, this is not a coincidence It's a pattern. Right, there's a pattern here, and that's tough. You and Drew joked in our little Twitter conversation today about how the Yankees are becoming like the Mets. I'm like, yo, Yoan Cespedes looks like he might be playing this year. Maybe the Yankees are worse than the Mets. And based off last year, they were the worst injury team, most injured team in the league. And you can't just point to one thing, how much is luck, how much is, um, you know, bad medical staffing. But it really sucks, and it sucks the air out of the room when now Aaron Boone's first five questions of every press conference is, update on Boone, update on Paxton, update on... What, what's going on? What's what, And all these things, it's not about baseball at that point. And I'm sure once the games start and you guys are hopefully winning games, um, it'll you know dwindle a little bit and they have the roster that can handle it and still be a winner. But it is starting off on the worst foot. The only silver lining that I'll have for you is that at least it's not happening smack as the start of the season. Some of these things hopefully can get figured Stagger out. out a little bit. Yeah, it can get figured out. And you do want to be healthiest towards the middle end of the season. Obviously, the end is the best, but the playoff starting. But you got to get there first. So it's tough. It's tough to get super excited, like you said. Uh, but in regards to that rotation, what what else is out there, If like whether it be in the organization or out of the organization, is there anything to be done with this rotation now? If Sevy's out, Herman's suspended, you don't know what's happened with Loisica, and you know what, what's going on here. I mean, there's plenty of stuff going on internally, and and you're going to see people now that there's an opening. You're going to see people fighting for spots. Like Clark Schmidt's a guy to watch out for. That you know, a lot of was I think he was a first round pick two years ago, um, and you know completely flew up the, the the charts in terms of prospects and everything like that. We we still have Debbie Garcia, but he had a hard time um, in AAA. He was flying up, and then all of a sudden AAA kind of hit him hit him pretty hard. Um, and then Montgomery was. Really good for us. Like, for a fifth starter, he's, he's like, a three on a lot of teams. and uh, But, you know, coming back from Tommy John, you just don't know. And, and he was good at the end of last year, so, like, in terms of health. So, you got to think that he can get there. Um, and, but, 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 like, in terms of, like, trades or anything like that, or any, like, you, you traded for Paxton. You know, you, 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 you and also we have J.A. Happ. Like, and, like, J.A. Happ had a horrible year last year. But, you know. His entire career, Jay Happ's a really good player. Like, right, and uh, if he regresses to mediocrity, it's like, all right, at least we have another guy who's solid. To stuff him at the end of the rotation. Keep him in games. And that, like, that's what's so frustrating, too. Just to bring back, it, that I thought of Jay Happ. Like, they didn't trade him because they ultimately felt that they didn't know what was going on with Paxton and Severino. So uh, if you knew that, why why are we just finding out that they need Tommy John? Well, that, that, that Severino needs Tommy John now, and that I, I, whatever it is with Paxton, I think it's his um, his knee. Um, that, like, you need to com- a you need to communicate this like in the offseason. Like, I understand not doing it during the playoffs and everything. Like, you don't want to give a competitive edge to everyone, but you need to communicate this to the fans. You need to just do it right. You need to you need to instead of trying to trot somebody out there for for a start in in, in the playoffs, you know, where they're not a hundred percent, get them Tommy John. You know, we'll figure it out from there. And how realistic is the idea of an opener for the Yankees, like a consistent fifth starter opener? Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm never the really the biggest fan of an opener. I mean, I, I it worked for us last year. I think every I think like ninety percent of the games that because Ch- Chad Green was our opener for the most part. Whenever right. we, we we employed one, um, we won most of those games. And it's you know the Yankees are just a, a team built to 
get a lead and then we're good from there. So if, if they can if they can strike early in there, then you, you just employ that bullpen. But um, but is it sustainable for one sixty two or whatever? No, I I don't think so. I mean it, it, it's it's just hard. I mean, you look at you look at the teams that use it a lot. I mean, you look at like the Rays and the A's um, who use it all the time, and like it's 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 good for a couple of wins. There's a top and out point for yeah, exactly. It's not gonna, it's not going to win you a World Series. That's that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, also yeah, right. You don't want to start your wild card game with exactly, an opener, but you know, with the with the playoff system, if you're working with a fifth starter as an opener, you don't really need a fifth starter in the playoffs. So that's a different conversation, though, because you have to get there. Like we said before, you have to get there, and it's so easy to say, oh, the Yankees are so stacked, like they're going to get there no matter what. But if this pitching staff really, really shits the bed, like and some of the other teams in the conference, I mean, the division, like the Rays, like keep pace and really, really perform like they did last year, you know, is it completely unrealistic for the Yankees to be fighting for a, a playoff spot? Like we just want to lock them up to win the division and lock them up to be in the playoffs. And... I greatly believe that that's true, but is it completely unrealistic to think if these injuries things happen again, can they do what they did last year? Yeah, I you know you know what I think is something to, to watch out for that really people aren't talking about enough, in my opinion. The idea this year that that, that every the, the, now that the 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 CBA is over, that the relievers have to go uh, three batters or more. Wait, is that a re- that's that's in effect? That's this year. what? Yeah, I thought that was so, still so like that's, uh, in no, consideration. So that, that's that's in effect this year. That's so. Dumb. Um, so that's actually that's, that's going to have like huge ramifications to the game, and that's why I think that's what I'm really scared about the Yankees because a we're down a reliever in Batances, right? Obviously, we didn't have him last year, but you you would you wanted to have a replacement for him this year, but now that you don't eat innings. Um, because you're not you're not gonna have a Severino, right? You're gonna have to put in a fifth starter into the rotation, or or a young guy who's gonna be on on an innings limit. Um, the um, uh, the the relievers are gonna have to go longer, and you know you're have to employ more. And, and obviously the Yankees are be- built better than a lot, but that's gonna affect a lot of things going forward. And that's why like having someone like Garrett Cole, who's an innings eater, is great. But we don't have a lot of innings eaters on our staff like at all. Um, Paxton is one of the better ones, and he's good for like six or seven, six, maybe seven. And Tanaka's a five, six guy, and then your other starters outside of Severino, they are what they are, right? That you're you're hoping to get five out of them. So it's it's going to get taxed the bullpen a lot. Um, obviously, that they they added an extra roster spot this year too to twenty six, so maybe that helps a little bit. But I, it's just gonna, I think that's gonna really uh, wildly affect a lot of teams. So. I th- I think that this year is hard to indicate what's going to go on because the bullpen, which has become arguably the most important part of baseball, uh, uh, you know, an area of baseball, and a huge part of the Yankees' success, yeah, specifically. And now now it's going to it's go- there's going to be a huge emphasis on it more so than there was in the past. So um, interesting to watch there, and I, I don't know how that's going to affect the Yankees. I know it's going to affect the league. Yeah, eh, honestly, and you know I'm a I'm a change baseball guy. I'm fine with a lot of changes. Like bring the DHCNL. I could I could talk about that for an hour. Not gonna do it right now. Like I'm in for changes. I'm like all right, pitch count. Like try it in the minor league. I mean not pitch count, pitch clock. Try it in the minor leagues. See if it works. Like go for it. Try try stuff out. This one in particular just feels weird to me, and I don't like affecting the strategy of the game. I like affect like trying to add new opportunity for strategy. This whole thing with you have to face three batters is, is just crazy. Like, like you put in a lefty to face lefty, he gives up a home run. Now you have a big bop and righty coming up. <laughs> like, well, it, what's going it, on? It eliminates lefty specialists. Like, yeah. that's not a thing anymore. You need to have that's like relievers. Uh, so, like, see, like teams like the Mets, 
uh, they're gonna be really screwed this year, like in that respect, because they they've, they don't have a bullpen. That's wait, wait, hold on. Is it, we're not going to the Mets yet, but uh, I'm just is, saying. That, is that factual? Is there, are you are you confident in that? Because I, I the way I look at it with the Mets is Del Batances hurt last year, fine. Evan Diaz and Familia terrible last year, fine. Seth Lugo very good last year. But if Diaz and Familia go back to semi-normal, regress to the mean a little bit, and they're just like solid, that's four legitimate dudes if Patanzas is healthy. I don't disagree with that, but you just said if, 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 if on each of these players. But so is, like is that's, there, is that's, there, a lot, that's a lot. Uh, to, for sure, for sure. But I, I wouldn't go as far as saying like their bullpen is like their largest weakness right now. It has been as long as I've been alive. <laughs> it has always <laughs> no, been no, their no. biggest weakness. We have that one year where our clothes are sick every time. We have our Billy Mondo, Wagner. We have Armando <laughs> Benitez when he's fired, then he falls off the face of the earth. Billy Wagner, he's fired, then he's too old. And then Familia was like insane, and then he falls off the face of the earth. Well, I mean, Diaz is just doing it backwards. He was terrible last year, but now he's going to be well, good. He was great, and then they brought, went to the Mets, and he got Mets. Now. Hey, 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 hey. This, the, the Mets are to bullpen what the Yankees are to starting pitchers, uh, bringing them in. They will ruin a starting pitcher. The Mets will ruin a bullpen arm. Yeah, well, we're going to get to the Mets, all right? right. We're going to get there. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I do think that's a conversation, though, because Edwin Diaz was so good that one year. And is it wrong to to do this, like, unscientific theory that closers, like, this happens with closers? Like, they could be electric, and they could, like, lose their stuff quick. Maybe they don't always get it back. I mean, I think it's more common with with closers to not be consistent than it is for them to be consistent. I I, I think you... And like obviously that that you know that, that's saying it's more common to be to to be bad than good, and that's fair. Which is which is accurate. Yeah, probably. but but like, I mean, just like you look at, there's very few closers in the league that have been closers for more than like five years. True. Um, but he's been a closer for like one year. That's what I'm saying. But so like, but is, you, he just, is he done? His stuff still. Like, I don't know. No, I mean, I just I don't think that I think I think like it's very rare to lock up a closer for a long time. That's why you look at the Yankees with Mariano Rivera and like Araldo and straight into Araldo Chapman. Like that's very very rare, and it looks like it's the norm. But typically, like you have to like cycle through as many relievers as possible until you find your closer for that year. I mean, you know. Yeah. It, it, it it's very much fluid. It's very much so fluid. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of teams have really tried out the uh, closer based on situation si- situation. But then with the three batter thing that it's going to, it's going to be wonky. Uh, this year. I'm it's not about be- that. I'm not about that. Same thing. It's the same reason why I don't want to take away the shift. I, I think that's a dumb idea. I think it's a really dumb idea to take away. the no, shift. That's a stupid thing. I hate when people come out really hot about that. Honestly, when people like take away the shift, it's ruined the game. Like, no, no, no adapt. The defense is using strategy. Maybe the hitter should use some strategy too, you know? Or maybe the hitter's okay with grounding out 100 times because they're going to hit 25 four months. It doesn't matter. That's a conversation. Again, not the problem with baseball. The problem with baseball is uh, marketing. Um, Yeah, for sure. And that's another conversation as well. Nobody who watches baseball cares about any of these things. (laughs) Like, this is Rob Manfred being... You listen to some uh, talk radio. How are you doing? Yeah. Rob Manfred just doesn't have a, a finger on the pulse of what the fans want whatsoever. Just a piece of metal. (laughs) <laughs> so let's talk about some of the position battles here in uh, New York with the Yankees, right? Not maybe position battles. Do have any? Battles is the wrong word, but roster uh, rotation spots is just about it. It's just like the 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 points of contention on the roster. So first things first, I want to talk about Miguel and Duhar. Sure. What's, what's his health status? Is he ready to? It's good to go, baby. What's his now position here? Is Ursula just Urshela? There you go. Sorry, is Urshela? <laughs> yeah, I said it. It sounded wrong. Is Urshela just like is he the third baseman right now? Is that just what it you is? Got, he he has to be. I mean, I, I I it's hard to be confident in Urshela 
knowing his entire career. And last year, last year he was better than Andujar was the year before that, which was like crazy um, if you look at the numbers. But typically, he's not been like an above uh, replacement player his entire career. So his glove is legit. His glove is ridiculous. He's one of uh, he he's. I mean, the only other person that I think is a better fielder in in the infield um, uh, is in like currently in, in baseball is Nolan Arenado oh, and um, yeah. Adana Echeverria, who is like who can't hit for anything. But he is <laughs> spent time with the Yankees and the Mets. Yeah, the he's an incredible fielder. Machado, but, too lazy, too too slow. I mean, Machado's got the tools. He's not as good as the rest of them, though. Yeah, I mean, um, he can be when he wants it. Yeah, but. Um, I mean, it's Rochelle's job. You gotta, you gotta give it to him. But they're gonna obviously cycle it between the two of them. But I, I think that that Andujar, as much as you want to have flexibility with the DH, um, you have to, you have to have Andujar as the primary DH and cycle him through. Let him play third base when he can. But he is the perfect DH. This is what the American. This is what the DH offers you, right? The the ability Rub to. It in. Humble brag it right in front of my face. <laughs> yeah, but like, wish we had one of those. He's the perfect DH player, and like you can, you can cycle him, and like you can give. All, they're going to give off days like crazy. That's how they always operate. But um, what worries me is that giving him the DH means that Stanton has to play left field a good deal, and that's not that's not great. <laughs> it's not great, but like he's he's doable out there. Not really. You haven't watched a lot of Yankee games, my friend. I mean, he's not great. But like, how many times is he making horrible mistakes? A lot, often. <laughs> <laughs> and and Yankee no. left field is actually a pretty tough position to play. Yeah, Brett Gardner makes it look easy. Yeah, he exactly. He's, uh, he's used to it out there. And the way that the sun hits it, it, it's, it, 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 it's different than most stadiums. So. And Judgey's just so good in right field. So freaking good. And hot, as as hot take, hot take, not even really hot take. Um, I'm going to give a little gambling pick. Okay. A future. Judge uh, Golden Glove this year. He has always been in a Gold Glove caliber, but has been blocked by uh, one Mookie Betts, who I can officially become a fan of. I'm ah. officially a fan of Mookie Betts. I've been hiding it for years. I, I wasn't allowed to admit to myself. Good to know. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Coolest guy in baseball. Oh, my God. Sorry. That is not necessary to do in this podcast, but LeBron James just threw down a big boy dunk. Holy smoke. Sorry. That was a complete distraction by me. Um, Aaron Judge, as long as he's healthy. You gotta Maybe wait until the start of the season. See, see uh, I'm I'm big on Aaron Judge with that arm uh, and that fielding. He's, he's I, I see on the oh right, go on. I also think that like something to for the I would like the Yankees to play around with a little bit because we do we are a little shallow in outfield depth. Not shallow, but shallower than we've been with Hicks uh, being out for the, the entire year and whatnot. I'd like to see Judge play a little center. Uh, oh, I'm about it. Because he's, he's, he's such it. a good fielder, like he, can you, do it. he, you think he's not as fast as he is, but he can cover. He can cover the outfield, and he's played center field before in his, uh, in, in, you know, coming up his entire career, and then with the Yankees a, a few times. And I'd rather have him in center than have Stanton in left. So mm. if that's what you have to do to, to to finagle that, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it just makes Aaron Judge such a boss. Playing center yeah. field, like that's this like big ass dude out in center <laughs> field, just raining. That's one of those like two K like the show moves where you you would yeah. do it, but that will never happen in yeah, real yeah. life. Like you like I mean, oh his secondary position is center field, so I'm gonna put him in there. <laughs> it's a little bit Conforto adjacent. Obviously, Conforto is just a slight bit more like small and nimble, but like Judge is a better fielder than Conforto if you count all things considered. But Conforto, you don't want him out there for 160 games in center field, but he can he can do 60. He, uh, even he did more last year, I believe, in center field. But ultimately, having maneuverability is going to be key, especially with the we do have. Even though we got rid of DD, we still have a bit of a, like a, a log jam and uh, 
um, in our infield uh, with with Andrew Hart coming back and um, Glaber playing short is going to you know do a lot for us this year. And he's he's such a better he's a good second baseman. He's a really good uh, shortstop. Um, he's he's just freaking awesome. Yeah, uh, he's he's got pretty good MVP odds this year, which is nice to see. For uh, I like to say he's only twenty one still. No, I, don't, I don't. I think he's like twenty two, but he'll always just be. He's, <laughs> he's like Jason Tatum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Tatum's still nineteen. Frank Nilakina is still not old enough to drink. I'm pretty sure he's twenty two now, but <laughs> he's the youngest guy in the league still. Actually, even though he got drafted three years ago, it's weird how it happened. The French, you know. Um, <laughs> let's play a game here with the Yankees, and we'll move on to the Mets. So we we did this in years back. Let's go. Let's go straight up off the bat. MVP of the Yankees. You go pitcher or hitter here. Who's your MVP of the Yankees? I mean, it's hard not to say. If uh, it's hard to say MVP as a pitcher because MVPs are very rarely pitchers in real right. life, uh, but but Cole just looks like he's the perfect pitcher for the Yankees. I mean, it's very rare that you get a like. I felt this way with Cece when we we signed him back in back in '08. Um, like it's it's very rare that you see a pitcher come to the Yankees and you're like, I'm not worried about him. Like he's just gonna be, he's gonna be great. Like Paxton came in, I was like, I don't really know if I like Paxton, even though he had like a two no hitters on his uh, <laughs> on his resume, uh, but. But Cole is just—he's unreal at being able to pitch. Like not just pitching itself, but knowing about pitching. He reminds me a lot of David Cohn, um, and I would love to just be in a room with those two doing it. And I also—I'm I'm also finally ho- hoping finally that that Stanton has a good year <laughs> for the Yankees. <laughs> you were about to go. I hope Stanton has a, a Stanton year, but then you're like, eh, I don't want to get too greedy. <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm anti-Stanton. He's, yeah. he's, he's, uh, for a lot of, you know, how a lot of people were with A-Rod and when you come in and you're not a homegrown guy and yeah. like you have, to, you have to put up. Like, yeah. It's tougher. So. Oh yeah. The, the classic meme though going around was uh Stanton definitely didn't know what pitches were coming. <laughs> just watch any at bat. Yeah. Had. It was my favorite. <laughs> when people were accusing the Yankees and like, it's like you ever watch a slider come into Aaron judge, Gary Sanchez or, 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 or Stanton. <laughs> they didn't know what was coming. <laughs> they did not know. And uh, unfortunately Stanton still does not know what's coming. <laughs> All right. Let's go a little bit off the radar. X factor. That's not quite MVP, but the guy, the DJ LeMay, who of last year, who uh-huh. probably was the MVP of the team last year. Oh yeah, for sure. But, that style of person who, you know, is just so steady, does the right things, consistent contributor, who at the end of the year, you're like, what would we have done without him? Yeah, I mean, I think it's Glaber this year. has to be Glaber. It's got to right? be Glaber. I mean, it's not like a like a fun pick because I think it's just so standard. But Glaber, Glaber, he's shown so much growth every year. It's not, you know, like he's like when you, like again, when you're playing like 2K or the show and you see like he get his potential is just like an A plus and every year he gets up another like five or six points and that's that's what he does. He's he's unreal and he's, he's going to be so, he, I think that he's one of those players too where you see this in baseball where they can play another position, but they play they play better offensively when they're in a comfortable situation defensively. You know what I mean? You yeah, see, some people aren't cut out to be DHs either. Yeah, they, exactly. They need the the rhythm. Yeah, need it. for sure. Yeah, I, I think wasn't A Rod one of those guys? He was like, I, I don't like being DH either. Like, well, to be I mean, the year he was the year before he, they forced him to retire, he was uh, he was a DH. He had thirty home runs, a little ding, thirty ding dongs for us. How you doing? How you been? Love, love it. Uh, all right, unsung hero, the uh, Gio Urshela of last year, possibly. Maybe he was the. Oh, he was definitely hero. sung. <laughs> well, he was. Is he hung? So anyway, my unsung <laughs> hero, uh, I would say. <laughs> I think I, I think that it's going to be like a full year of Talkman. Um, okay. Obviously, he's not going to be a starter, but he is our fourth outfielder. And the way the Yankees have to have uh, have 
operated in years past. That fourth outfielder gets a lot of burn. He'll be getting some ABs. Um, and he was a picture of consistency last year for someone, you know, I don't I don't really see I, I don't think that he's gonna get the, the recognition that he deserves. Um but he's he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I can see Montgomery I love Montgomery too. He's a he's a very like even though he's like seven foot like thirteen, uh <laughs> he he's very like un, unassuming as a person. So I, I think that um he's a very consistent like fourth or fifth starter. Like he's gonna get like he's gonna have an ERA of like three point five and that's really good for for like him. And like it's it's not he's gonna lose you. So he's not gonna have a great win loss record. Obviously, we don't really care about that. But like he's gonna be like above average his entire year, I think. But you know he's never gonna have like that game where he goes a complete game shutout or something right. like it's that. And have Fifteen strikeouts. It's not who he is. All right. Now, last question on the Yankees. Um, this is really directed towards one person, but I guess two people can be brought in. Most likely to just. Figure their shit out. Gary Sanchez, Luke Voigt, because Luke Voigt had a, a tough stretch at the end of last year. Gary Sanchez was up and down. Um, what do you? Who do you expect more of? Really, you know. So it's it's tough because I mean Luke Voigt was injured and playing through a hernia, and right. he shouldn't have been playing through a hernia again. Because yeah, <laughs> goes yeah, back yeah. To the Yankees but he stuff. was he was playing and not succeeding. And yeah, and ultimately that brings the team down if you're playing under under performance because you're trying to um trying to help the team. They, wait, there was a conversation right before the playoff roster had to be set. To leave Luke Voigt off and put on Mike Ford. That was yeah. a, that was a real conversation yeah. that happened. Yeah. So it's you know you don't expect it. You don't expect. I don't. That th- I don't. I think so, Mike Ford's a bit of a flash in the pan last year. That's fine. I don't see him being. It's good to be have him as a backup first baseman, but like I don't, right. I don't really need Mike Ford. So Sanchez Voigt, you know, do you yeah. ex- do you expect good consistent play out of? I, either I of will like, never expect consistent play out of Gary. That being said, people don't compare Gary to other catchers. People compare Gary to other. Like Mike Trout's and uh, it's so true. It's a gr- honestly, has that been said? No, I don't know. I don't. I don't just, hear that. It's always I how I that. feel. Like Gary Sanders is still arguably the best catcher in baseball. <laughs> yeah, <he laughs> and so much pop. It's freaking incredible. Yeah. So so people people get angry with him when he's batting. You know, below when he when he has a really low. He had like an average like one ninety one year. Um, but like ultimately, he'll still hit you thirty home runs, and that's he's gonna lead the league in catchers' home runs. Like he's gonna he's gonna get a ton of RBIs. He he has huge uh, doubles, and, and like he's he has very timely hits too. So, I, but that being said, I don't ever see Gary being a consistent player, and I'm fine with that. You you can't have top to bottom consistency, right? It's just about you know making sure that we're clicking on all cylinders throughout the year. So he, I'm just he's, he's almost like um. I'm trying to think of like a basketball comp where he is, you know, the number three guy in basketball. Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, where he needs to hit shots. Yeah, he needs to have games where he hits shots. And, and he, needs, he needs to see the ball go in the hoop too. He's that yeah. type of player. He needs to like he gets very he's very confidence driven. Like in ba- basketball, uh, you know, analogy, Gary doesn't need to average twenty points a game, but he has to have games where he goes for thirty. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So I think it's I think it's, like I think Tim it's doable. Junior comp was a pretty good. That's one. it's pretty nice. I like that. Even though Tim's been forty percent from three this year, kind of. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, but to answer your question, I, I didn't answer your question. Stanton, hoping. Oh, I, I should have brought him in too. I don't know why I didn't. I'm, I'm just hoping because, you know, I I think that there's this level like when you're when you're a big star like that who comes to a team like you don't expect much for the first year and last year was a wash because he was hurt, but like hopefully he's comfortable enough now, and you know can just be who he is. He's still like 29 years old. Like he's, he's still young. He's still in his prime. Um, and, uh, I'm just hoping that he can just hit some dingers for us. Um, awesome. I don't know why I didn't think of Stanton there, but that's okay. Now, 
I'm a bad, fair enough. As I'm scrolling through the website to find the scrolling Yankees through Instagram, no, through DraftKings <laughs> to find the <laughs> official over under for the Yankees for 2020. Now, if you remember correctly, I bet on the over for the Yankees and the Mets last year. It was like year. 92, wasn't it? Yankees like crushed the over. That was great. But the Mets, to the last day of the season when they were eliminated, they won the last game to go over. I think it was was it 80. What did they have? 86 wins last year? 87? Whatever they did. They they went on a crazy run in the last like week or two. Dom Smith comes yeah. in, pinch hits for Pete Alonzo, which is like, oh, Pete could have got another home run. Dom Smith comes in and hits a home run to send the Mets to victory and for me to win like 50 bucks. Um, <laughs> anyways, the New York Yankees over-under is 100.5 right now, according to DraftKings Sportsbook. We live in New Jersey. Um, over-under. I mean, I'm going to take over. I wouldn't bet it because I hate betting futures because I don't want to wait an entire year and stress out about it the entire freaking year. Uh, but why you make charts. <laughs> I mean, you look at the you look at the sell div- spreadsheets. You look at the division, <laughs> and the Red Sox are not going to be good this year. They're the the Rays are the biggest Yan- Yankees competition, and I'm not really worried about the Rays if I'm being honest. The Rays over under is 91 and a half. Yeah, and, and the I th- Red Sox. I think, that, I think you hit the over on that one too. And what's the Red Sox at? 85 and a half. That's tough. Um, I'd say under by like a game or two. So you think they're closer to 500 than closer? I I playoffs? would not be shocked if the Red Sox were like six games under 500. Ooh, I think I like the under there, Alec. I think you just I think you swayed me with that <laughs> one sentence. But it, 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 like the Orioles are going to be the Orioles. They have not improved. They're still garbage. And fifty six and a half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is funny because I always feel I, there's always like a saying in baseball like you're going to win sixty games, you're going to lose sixty games, and the rest of the other um whatever the thing is in between is where you make your season. But the Orioles don't even win 60 games. <laughs> <laughs> just bad, dude. Poor, or, poor Orioles. My man, Joe Trezza, uh, former friend. I, I could call him a friend of the podcast. He hasn't been on in like two years. But now, now does he do the Orioles? He covers, he covers the Orioles. I thought he did the Cardinals now. He was on the Cardinals for a while, filling in for somebody on, um, you know, like maternity leave or something like mm-hmm. that, I think. Now he got he's on the Orioles. But anyways, um, I think I'm going to go with you. I think the Yankees do as they do. Do as they did last year. Roll with the punches. They win games. They're going to be... Paced as one of the best teams in the league, 102, 103. I like Ova. Yeah, I mean, I think the World Series is going to be chalk this year, so I think it's going to be Yankees-Dodgers. So oh, you look boy. at that and... That would be exciting. I think that they're both... Uh, and I also, also, under on the Twins. I don't under know, on the I don't twins. know what they're, what they're over on. My buddy just started working for the Twins. I don't know what they're over-under is, but they're going to be overvalued, and Josh Donaldson in his age 39 season, or however old he is, is not going to push them over the, the edge because their offense wasn't the issue. Interesting. Um, shout another friend of the program been on the podcast way more recently than Joe Trezor, Steve Rosen, former coach at Georgia State, a Notre Dame baseball operations, now with the Twins. Nice, right? That's cool. Sports Blog New York podcast guest doing way bigger things than the actual it, host. Is it because of the podcast? Do you think? I think it is. Yeah, me too. I think it is. And the Minnesota Twins have an over under of ninety one and a half, same as the. Oh, Rangers. actually, if that's, uh, I would take the over on that. That's a that's a good line. Interesting. Interesting. I thought, I thought maybe, they were gonna, maybe I, too good of a line, Alec. Short, short the stock. <laughs> I, I don't know because people are like high on the the White Sox this year. White Sox are still going to be garbage. Tim Anderson, my guy, favorite player in the league. They made. They, I, I don't even remember their signs because they're so nobody cares about the White Sox. Like. <laughs> Except Chance the Rapper. All right, let's move on to the Mets Sports Talk New York podcast. Al Gargento here with me, P Kennedy. Uh, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at SportsBlogNYC or me personally at P Kennedy with two Y's or at Alec Argento ESPN uh, covering the SuperSonics Houston Oilers. Anyone else? Yeah, SuperSonics, Oilers. Montreal Expos. Expos. There we go. There we go. Uh, Good job by you as well. Always just getting all the stories. Uh, (laughs) On to the New York Mets, though. The conversation with the Mets is a much 
more. I think it's a more difficult one to have because there. I had the I had the statement before about the bullpen. A lot more ifs with the Mets. Mm-hmm. Not as many sure things with the Yankees. You have some sure things. You trust Glaber a lot. You trust uh, you trust Cole a lot. Yeah. You trust their bullpen more ish. Um, you trust their coach. You trust Judge when he's on the on the field. You trust Gardner to an extent of what he can do at this age. There, uh, Lemayhew, one of the most trustworthy players in the league. Urshela, you trust yeah, the trust Yankees to yeah. also just figure it out and win baseball games. Yeah. With the Mets, there's way more ifs. Uh, if Yoenis Cespedes is going to play, will he be good? If he's going to play, how many games? Will P. Alonso repeat an amazing rookie season? Will Jacob Degrom go for three Cy Youngs in in a row? Now you don't think Jacob Degrom is going to go off the like face of the earth, but there's way more ifs. Well, Jacob Degrom didn't like his second half of the season is where he really like like, like cut his teeth last year. He was not that he was bad in the first half, but like he was. Like he was not the guy. Like he, like Hyunjin Ryu, uh, and, and like other people were ahead of him, and and and, and like people's eyes for like Cy Young voting, and then he just went off in the second half. Um, but uh, so what? What is your question about the Mets specifically? So let's start here with the Mets. Let's talk about the sure things because I think I want to say there's like let's say two and a half to sure things, and a little bit higher than that, three and a half maybe. It's mostly on offense. So, yeah, and that'll be, let's say, Pete Alonzo. I think Ahmed Rosario took enough of a stride last a year to be, to be okay. Not a short thing that's good, just a short thing that's okay. That's why I'm putting halves and quarters okay. into this thing. Jeff McNeil, he's not a, a bum. He's, he's a sure thing to be a good, productive player on yeah. your team. Not a game changer. He's like a half of a sure thing that's good. My, I don't know. My I mean, math here is made up completely. He's, he's by surprising. The way. Like, I was looking at his stats because in my head, he's just an average guy. Like, he's, he's oh, not. He, was he, good. Actually, he had, well, he had yeah. some pop last year. Had some pop. He's a good player. He's a good player. So I'm putting in Alonzo. I'm putting in McNeil. I'm throwing in DeGrom. And I'm throwing in some most, most of Conforto. I don't know because like Conforto in my head, and from this is from a guy who doesn't watch a ton of Met games, but you know keeps up with it. Rude. I feel like I feel like Conforto is an every other year guy. Is that accurate? Um, well, he had some injury stuff going on. I'm going to pull up his stats so I don't just be completely out of my butt. Um, but last year he had a, a strange season, but he ended up with with pretty solid, with pretty solid numbers, I believe. So, um, yeah, he had you know over 30 home runs. He had 90 RBIs. He batted 260. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not, you know, lighting the world on fire, but I, I think he's pretty solid. He'll hit 30 home runs again, you know? Yeah. So, so I mean, in terms of the short things, I mean, I think their offense is good. I think they have a good offense and, and, and um, what is his name? Not, not Wilson, Wilson Ramos. Oh, Wilson did. Ramos did come on last year. Yeah. So he didn't have the greatest year, but he was okay. He, you know, yeah. He's so, um, but that's what I'm saying though. It's a lot of like. Okay, that's all right. That's, yeah, that's solid. That's all right. I think ultimately we have to remember is that a they don't have a good pitching staff. They have Jacob Degrom and Noah Syndergaard has not been good for the past two years. Um, Marcus Stroman has was garbage when they got traded to the Mets. So you hope Marcus. First of all, I don't think Marcus Stroman was ever that good of a pitcher. He had a really good first half of last year and he got traded and then it was garbage on the Mets. Um, I don't. Who? What other starting pitchers are they going to use this year? Michael Waka. Um, not great. Rick, Rick Porcello, Rick Porcello, the worst Cy Young uh, <laughs> uh, winner of all time. And, hey, and, Jersey's own Rick Porcello. Is Steve Matz going to be in the Steve rotation, Matz. or is he going to be technically the... he's sixth right now, which is crazy. That's that's the that they they are. I don't know. Steve Matz is better than than um, Michael Walker. Um, 
Yeah, I, I just like I, I don't think that I think that your rotation like has always been well not always but for like the past like ten years or so has been what the Mets were vaunted for right they they had their Matt Harvey's they had their Syndergaards and they had their uh, Degroms but uh, Harvey's gone Syndergaard's not good anymore um, and uh, and Degrom is who he is but I mean. Porcello was garbage last year. Uh, I know he had you know, Cy Young, but I also think that's a fraud yeah, Cy dude. Young. He, he's just going to give – he gives up bombs, bro. Yeah. Thank God City Field's like the biggest field in the league. I feel like City Field's shrinking, though, every year. It's, like like yeah, Pete Alonzo was not able – back yeah. when David Wright was playing, Pete Alonzo would not have hit as many home runs as he hit well, last year. Well, they did year. actually move the fences in. Yeah. That has actually happened. But uh, David Wright used to hit these beautiful right center balls, and they would just get caught. Yep. Pete Alonzo hit those right center balls out the damn park. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's my point with the Mets. Like, it, it's it's easy to get excited in the hypothetical for the Mets, you know, and the, that's the problem. But you know what the biggest question mark is? Their coaching situation. <laughs> yeah. Have they have they hired a replacement? Yeah, uh, Luis Rojas. Oh, that's right. They hired Luis Rojas. Who um, who knows? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? You can say that he's you know baseball's becoming a more analytical sport, and you just need a guy. But do we trust the Mets to have a good analytics department? I don't. <laughs> Yeah, last last year, uh, Syndergaard had a four two eight ERA over a one two WHIP, uh, and he he just hasn't been that guy. What like, and that's that's the problem, and it's even hard to have this conversation to preview the Mets because until they start playing for like a month, it's really hard to see how they stack up against a beast of the East division. That but that was going to be my other point is that the the the, the 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 other thing that you have is somewhat uncertain is that what the hell is the East standings going to look like this year? You, the Mets could be a ninety win team and be third. I saw I saw recently I forget where it might have been like Baseball Reference or something like that, but the Mets were projected to win the division, and that's bananas to me. Um, I did see that as well. I so I I mean like I think the Mets have the fourth best team in that division. I mean you you, you have the defending World Series champions um, who didn't win their division last year. You have the Braves who are young and getting better every year and you have the Phillies the Braves are the front runner. Yeah, but you also have the Phillies too who was severely underperformed last year who have a really good team. Um and, and they made, got Joe Girardi. And they got Joe Girardi and they got Didi Gregorius. Like they made some moves this year. Um I, I think that like I think the I think it's tough for the Mets because I, I do think that they have a competitive team but I, I they're just they're in the toughest division in baseball. Which like who would have thought the NL East was going to be the toughest division yeah. in baseball? I mean like, it's crazy. So I'm looking at the over under totals now and I know we're going to make our over under picks do as we did for the Yankees, you know, MVP, X yeah. Factor, Unsung Hero, over under whatever. Um the Mets are at 80 uh is it 85 or 85 and a half. Oh, that's tough. 85 and a half. The Phillies 84 and a half. The Nationals are at 88 and a half. And the Atlanta Braves are at 82 and a half. Now, just for, you know, covering our bases, the Marlins are at 64 and a half. <laughs> um, that's a lot happening in one place. That's yeah. a lot of teams that Vegas is putting numbers on to be above 500, to be in contention for wild card spots, and possibly in contention for their own division. The Braves are the most talented. The Nationals, do they have a World Series hangover? I don't know that the Braves are the most talented. I think the Phillies might be the most talented. I mean, I'm just telling you, Vegas right now thinks that the Braves oh. are by far the most talented. No? Yeah. No, I, mean, I mean, their over-under is eight games higher. They're What are they, 86 or something like that? No, the Braves are at um, 90. Oh, they were? I thought they were six, six games higher. So, I think they're the most talented. They won the division last year. Do the Nationals have the hangover? But then you got to think about the Phillies. They're thinking just like the Mets fans are right now, the optimistic Mets fans saying, we got a new coach, we got a shortstop, Bryce Harper's going to get more comfortable here. 
every team in this division is probably equally as optimistic right now. And I think the Mets have the least reasons to be that optimistic. Uh, yes and no. I mean, like the Mets have a young, talented core, right? I, I think the yeah, the Mets are just like a year or two away. And like, it's just tough where it's at. So they, they can be optimistic, but I, they can be, well, they can be optimistic. They're just not like this year. Like, uh, I yeah. think it, but, it, but that's, the, so the, what, the, you know, like you could still, you could still be happy about could be being competitive. And sure. And sure. But the problem is the past two seasons with the Mets, more specifically last year, it was like, we just want competitive baseball in September. <laughs> Like and and they got close to that, right? Like they got close to competitive baseball, where they were, you know, in theory, close enough to be in consideration for a playoff spot. This year, they have to win division games, and that's going to be what makes or breaks them. And when I see those other teams, it's going to be really, really hard. And if you just, if they just if you consider the NL East a wash and they beat up on each other, and you know, say just say this is not going to happen because the Mets somehow find a way to lose to the Marlins with the best of them. <laughs> but if the NL East beats up on each other, no one takes a huge stri- uh, step ahead of one another in division. Then th- that means the Mets have to basically be dominant or near dominant against the rest of the league, and that's really really hard to consider. Um, who are some of the other best teams in the N- in the NL? Obviously, you got the Dodgers, hmm. but like the Cardinals and the Cubs are going to be around. I don't think the, the Cubs have gotten worse every year. The Brewers like the are good, but know. like, what are the they? NL's weak? I mean, the NL so, was, the NL was really weak last year, and which is why it was shocking that the the Nationals were able to win. I guess it was just you know you figured out how to um, how to game the system against the Astros, which was nice. But um, I I don't really see a team that comes out of the National League that like I think could beat the Yankees. The Brewers are only at eighty two and a half wins total. I don't think the Brewers are that good of a team. Yeah, I think, it, it, I think it, people it, forget that outside of Christian Yelich, they don't have that good of a team. They're still yeah. tro- uh, trotting out Ryan Braun in left field. Like, Oof. Yeah. Ryan Braun's a thousand years old. So I guess when you think about it like that, it makes you feel a little bit better about the Mets. But just looking at the vision and looking at the past years where we say, we just want competitive baseball in September. We just want to be in it. We just want to be respectable. Is this a year where it has to be better than that? Maybe not. New manager. Like, at what point do the Mets cross that line and say, oh, we're no longer a fringe playoff 86-win team. We're a 96-win team. They don't what cross does it take? until they do. What does, <laughs> it, take? What does the, it take for that? You have, to have, you have to have a legitimate rotation and a legitimate offense. And I feel like as long as I've seen the Mets, like they have been one or the other. I mean, even the year that they went to the World Series, they had no offense. <laughs> I mean, they, <laughs> it, was, it was brutal. It was garbage. They just they relied on their pitching. And um, that's not going to you like in modern day baseball. It's not like pitching wins you championships anymore. You have to have a well-rounded team or else you're not right. going to compete. So, and you know, the offense took a big step last year. They were well, way better than they were in the past. They were above average, but not great. Uh, they, you know, guys who you can see get more time this year, Dom Smith, maybe they, they do trot him out to the outfield a little more. JD Davis was fine. Um, is this guy Marisnik anything to, to think about anything to take serious? I mean, he's a cheater. <laughs> he's, he's a cheater. <laughs> Uh, I don't like Jake Marisnik. Yeah, like just in general, not a fan. He's a known. I mean, he was one of the big users of uh, of the uh, scandal. So, yeah. Um, well, anyways, heck him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ultimately with the, with the Mets, so it's like it's hard to it's hard to have expectations be, with it, that they're a legitimate contender uh, because they're so young. But because they're so young, not There's everything relies. Yeah, exactly. Right. Not everything relies on the season. I mean, right. outside of Degrom. 
Um, you have a ton of your best players are young. I mean, McNeil's like the oldest of the young core, and he's like 25, 26 or something like that. Yeah, Uh, 27 tops, yeah. Something like that. And then you have Pete Alonso, who's young, Dom Smith, who seemed to like actually find a role last year. Ahmed Rosario. I love love his at bats. Yeah, Conforto's still like 26, something like that. And um, Brandon Nemo, if he's healthy. Brandon Nemo, you know, I hate Brandon Nemo. Yeah. (laughs) Guy runs on on during walks. Hope he gets hit by pitches more than the Astros <laughs> do this year. Um, maybe you, you oh, stop God. him from running. That's um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the pitching is really the only thing that's that's tough for him. All right, so let's play our game here sure. with the Mets. MVP of the Mets is it have does it have to be Pete Alonso or no, else? The Grom. It's the Yeah, I think. Oh, nice uh, update on my computer. I guess <laughs> um, I said Pete Alonso first because I think if you chalk up the uh, Grom. To ha- have that like LeBron factor, where like he's always that good that you just forget to vote for him for the MVP type of deal. Like you need somebody else to outshine Degrom or to 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 equal Degrom in order for the Mets to be better than what they were last My year. My thing with Pete Alonso is though is that I have memories of Aaron Judge, who had almost an identical season, uh, his rookie year, yeah. and then not that he fell off the next year, but he did not come close to that season before. So it hasn't yet. Yeah, so um, you know that's that's where that's where I'm thinking is that you know it's just not that it's a flash in the pan, but it's just hard to recreate that. And if he doesn't recreate that, is he as impactful uh, as other people on the team could be? Right. Okay. So Degrom, yeah, obviously Degrom could just be Degrom again and Degrominate. So we'll see what happens. Is that uh, a thing people say? I like that. Yeah, for sure. Degrominate. Come on now. Um, X factor for the Mets, not quite the MVP, but the model of consistency. I said DJ Mayhew. Jeff McNeil was probably that guy last year for, for sure. Mets. Is it him again? It's got to be. It's got to be. I mean, again, Jacob Degrom, <laughs> I mean, model of consistency, right? And now we're talking about those things that aren't quite ifs anymore, and that these are the only ones. It's Alonzo, it's Degrom, it's McNeil, and half a Conforto. And like that's the most consistent things we got going. Um, but that's baseball, though. I mean, like you know, things have to break your way to have a good season. So I understand that there's a lot of ifs, and I am you know pessimistic so i don't think that all these things are going to hit but i mean that happened last year for the yankees everything hit right yeah. <laughs> even the people they won a lot of freaking games but like you know everything that went wrong didn't matter so like that's just the way that sometimes you just get the magic right or you right. cheat your way to a world series <laughs> pause uh speaking of the you know like a liar <laughs> <laughs> i should have hit it uh so now unsung hero who's the guy who needs to step up to fill a void, to fill a, a huge role, make big plays throughout the season. Um, you know, the unsung hero. Dom. Dom Smith. Dom Smith. I, I Dom Smith. He was a huge prospect, and, like, he got given. That's that's a problem. Mets always say, like, why can't we have players that – a lot of Mets – at least I hear a lot of Mets fans saying, why can't we have players like the Yankees who come up and are immediately impactful uh, and just seem to hit all the time. And it doesn't typically work like that. And the Yankees have had plenty of prospects, like Clint Frazier, who just – kind of stink um but Tom Smith is someone that I felt like everyone gave up on in his rookie season and really kind of shined a lot at the end of last year and, filled and the didn't void. look terrible in the outfield either yeah I don't, I don't want to keep him in the outfield yeah, but, but he could go but he's yeah. he's a guy like he's not I mean he's not a starter he's not an everyday starter uh right I don't really see how he fits into what, what, what's going on there but he's going to get a lot of burn he just he's like how I said Mike Talkman before where he may not start every day but he's gonna pl- play pretty close to it I mean frankly if the if the NL wasn't in the damn stone age yeah, he's a perfect DH. he'd be the everyday DH perfect DH. perfect I feel like uh Dave Chappelle that skit where he wants crack 
Can I get some more of that? Yeah. I'll get any D- of them DH. You got any more of them DH spots, Sonny? Like I need some. Oh. That was a horrible Tyrone Biggums. That was my own. That was my own. I'm scratching. I am. That's not Tyrone Biggums. I'm just saying that's how I feel. That's how I feel right now, Alex. We. Well, it's it's dumb. It's dumb. We need a DH in the NL. Anyways, um, now for the last question for the Mets, eighty six and a half, eighty five and a half. Sorry, over under. What do we think? It's tough. Um, I'd say under by like either a half a game or a game and a half. Like that's, that's a tough line. Just like last year. They're sitting. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I just, I I just, that, that, that division is going to be so packed together. Um, that it's just, it's so hard to see what's going to go on there. And the Mets just don't win a lot of division games. And that's, what's tough when each team got better this year in the off season. So they need to not blow it in, in June, July. Yeah. I mean, the nationals didn't get better, but they're coming off a world series. So their confidence, I'm calling the uh, world series hangover. I'm calling it right now. I mean, it's tough. Nationals don't make the playoffs. I mean, the nationals just are a weird team, right? I mean, nobody expected them to be good last year. No, nobody. I mean, they lost Bryce Harper. Rendon's gone. (laughs) Rendon's gone, but who knows? Maybe Rendon leaving is the same as as Bryce Harper leaving. I mean, they still have Juan Soto, who's like incredible. Juan Soto's awesome. (laughs) He's so good. (laughs) Juan Soto is like not far away from where Bryce Harper was for them at that age, right? Like he was arguably better. Arguably better. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Also, for the unsung heroes, two things I wanted to say. I forgot. One was any other pitcher not named Jacob Degrom. If any other pitcher comes out and shows consistency and has a sub four ERA and keeps teams uh, keeps the Mets in games throughout the season, whether it be Stroman, Syndergaard, Waka, I don't care. One other pitcher can fill that role and make a huge impact on this team or the bullpen. Yeah. You you gotta hope. Steven Matz, like they give it, like, I, I don't know. He's Steve, currently last in the rotation. That's what doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I, I understand you signed guys, but like, this is like Jason Vargas being ahead of J- Steven Matz on the Jason chart. Vargas was dope last year. We traded him. Uh, whatever. <laughs> he, had a, he had sick numbers last year. I'm not even kidding. That's crazy. Um, that's like what the Yankees traded Lance Lynn. He was awesome. And then they came to the Yankees and then he was garbage. And he went. And oh, like, I said dope. He was 4-0 ERA. But uh, in early in the year, that's he was what he doing, does. He was doing that's, very that's well. That's what he does yeah, every yeah, year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think Steven Matz is like a really good back of the rotation starter. And like when I say back of the rotation, that's not a, like a detriment to, to who he is. Like he's a guy who, sh- if you if you give him the consistency, give him the role, like everything should average out to like a three five to three seven ERA, and you're happy with that, you know. Um, and and honestly, I could see that being one of the leaders on the rotation outside of DeGrom. Obviously, you, you have to look at DeGrom completely different, but, like, I could see him having a better ERA. And, and I, even though pitching is – we're not looking at the same stats anymore, but I still am a big ERA guy. And, yeah, and, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, Syndergaard didn't have a good year, and I don't think he's going to have a good year again. And Stroman – Stroman's never been that good. But people act – it, like, boggles my mind because people act like Stroman has been a he's top a – cool, He's a cool guy. Is he though? He's kind he wa- of a he, nerd. He was a cool guy. No, he really when he never was. He looked cool. No, he just kind of like wore his hat crooked. Like yeah, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't make you cool. Yeah, he had a little swagger. He actually, on I actually kind of hate him, and I always have. Uh, I guess because I saw him a lot as a Yankee fan. Yeah. Um, I thought he always had a little swagger on the mouth. I think he thinks he does. Yeah. <laughs> he actually always annoys me. Well, you watched him more than a Mets fan. Yeah. Well, so was... like a Mets fan saw just the highlights. You saw the Yankees mess him up. Yeah. I mean, if you look at his stats, like I would be surprised if he had more than two seasons in his career where he had a sub four ERA, like not, notwithstanding for last year, but I don't think he ended up with a four a sub four ERA last year. Cause he got lit up when he was a Matt. Um, but he, he was his, there. His career ERA is under four actually. 
Really? Yeah. Three point seven six. I feel so, like uh, but he was their ace. Like he's like that's like your socks. That's like a three Lay through down. five guy. Like <laughs> what, what was give me give me some of those years for, for his for his ERA. Um he started out strong. I know that. 2014, 3 6. 2016, 4 3. Yeah. 2017 was his best year by far, 309. Uh, and that was 200 innings How many, as I, well. I, okay, I was going to say. That's a really good year. But then his last year, or last full year in Toronto, he had a, a above five. So yeah. he was really bad. And then year. what was his full season last year? Because I know it went up a lot when he went to the Mets. His full season, no, his full season last year was uh, 3 2 2. But he had, what did he have going into to the Mets? Under three. Yeah, exactly. So it went up for 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 two months of the season. It went up three points. Yeah, but he was he was actually like the uh, like the second or third best pitcher for the Mets last year. But he still wasn't good for the Mets. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it was great. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know, I'm just anti strong. Uh, anyways, always anyways, anyways. Now, last question for the Mets for real, for real. Uh, combined games played by Jed Lowry and Yoenis <laughs> at two. No, uh, let's set the over under for the combined games of Yoenis Espinosa and Jed Lowry at a hundred combined. Combined, yeah, that's tough. I think I think Lowry sounds healthy, but I also don't know really really. Weird. He's also wearing a robot on his knee. Is it, you see the brace? It goes no, from like his mid thigh to also, his ankle. Where, where does he? Where where do either of them fit in? Right, like the the team has moved on from them. Uh, it's funny because with with both of those signings, you know, not, I, when, when they, the the Mets were forced to re-sign Cespedes, everyone thought that was a good idea. And I was definitely a big fan of when they signed Lowry because he was coming off a career year with Oakland. Um, and they're the ones that don't work out. <laughs> you know, it's like. So it's like, what the hell do I know? Like, Rick Porcello might end up winning a Cy Young this year. <laughs> so to answer your question, um, I would say... Oh, that's, really, that's a really good does question. Yo, does Yo play 50? Does he play 60? I don't, uh, it seems like he's doing stuff, but you never know. He's always doing stuff. Every year he's doing stuff. Last year he wasn't doing nothing. <laughs> Actually, he was on his farm, stepping in holes, falling but off the like, hogs. This is also under the assumption <laughs> that they're that they're good to have on your starting, like have playing. Yeah, right? sure. I mean, Jed Lowry, I believe, is like thirty two, and like Jonas Espet is probably around the same age too. Without like, yeah, hasn't with, played in like three years. He hasn't played in forever. So oh you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say under. Oh, and that's God. a tough one. It hurts. <laughs> that's a really tough one. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, last question: Does Seth Lugo appear in 160 games? <laughs> uh, at least 170. Yeah, 170. <laughs> he'll come in a game and then go, he'll go to right field and come back. Count the um, Speaking of which, isn't it? Cra- I saw. I think I saw something we were talking about a little bit before that the Mets are trying to trot out position players for for. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even want start. you to finish that sentence. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. So Seth Lugo, though, I know he only he pitched 80 innings last year, which is a good number for a reliever. But it felt like he pitched every single game. I hope he gets a little bit of help with Tanzas. <laughs> gets hurt every year. So. Oh, thanks. All right. Um, do we have time for Knicks? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. It's a no. We're like we're like an hour in already. Give me just give me a Knicks take. Give me something. Um, give me something to chew on. <laughs> Knicks are bad, <laughs> but uh, I still am happy. And I don't think they've signed. They've officially announced Leon Rose yet, which is kind of weird. Um, well, it's like two weeks notice. You know, he has to give two weeks notice. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I'm actually not as against that as a lot of people are. Are people uh, against it? Yeah, a lot of people are against that's it. Silly, uh, because they they want someone who's like Masai Ujiri, and I was like, that's great. We all want Masai Ujiri, but like, I'm not giving up first round picks for Masai Ujiri. It's I don't ne- think it was he, never going to happen. If he was going to come here, I don't think he wants you to give up first round picks too. Like you know, what I mean? like you want a foundation. So, um, ultimately, uh, while this season obviously sucked. Um, I'm actually really happy that um, we're in a position still 
where we've maintained uh, some of our young players. Like obviously Knox hasn't looked good this year. No, but brutal. Frank. I think Frank had a like for Frank. Frank's an NBA player. Frank is an NBA player. Frank. That's, Frank. Nowhere else to say. I think people always wanted him to be a superstar, but Frank is a good role player. Frank's like someone, and he'll grow and he'll get better. And and um, Mitch. Uh, Mitch needs more burn, but he needs Mitch, burn. But he's still Mitch, and he's awesome. I want him to foul out every game. I don't and, give a shit. Yeah, I really don't. I, I, I've said this on the pod a bunch of times. I'd rather him play twenty minutes and foul out than him playing eighteen and sitting for huge portions of the game because he's in foul trouble. Yeah, I'm with that. And then RJ, I think you watch you watch RJ. Obviously, he had that sprain, uh, that like that foot, that, that ankle sprain. But um, I think RJ looks like someone who gets better. Uh, I agree. Every like every game, and like I, he looks like somebody who cares too much to not get better. Yeah, and like I don't think his ceiling is ever going to be you know a, a Michael Jordan or anything like that. But I think his ceiling is like a, a, probably a better Demar Derozan, and I'm fine with that. And I think he shows that, and he's really good. What I, what I'm really impressed with him is how he's learned throughout the season how to use his strength. Yes, uh, and he'll, it, he'll he'll bulldoze into the lane. Yeah, and 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 I think that shows a lot of maturity. And he's 19 years old. I mean, he's always going to be 19 in my head, but he's <laughs> currently he's he's 19 years old, and I, I think he's a really good piece to a core right Nick's 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 need a superstar so hopefully the 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 ping pong balls bounce our direction we got an extra first round pick for for Marcus Morris which is like you know super exciting we still have a ton of cap flexibility and something I thought about too is that I'm actually kind of happy that the not that the Knicks didn't trade all of the players that we thought they were going to trade they still have them for an extra year if they want to so they can just re-sign them yeah. keep if that's actually a pretty smart move to do because then you keep consistency it's a week free agency class anyway um you keep consistency uh which is good for team chemistry and whatever and building and then additionally you can also trade them next year and maybe yeah. someone maybe bobby portis becomes the next marcus morris or whatever dude alfred payton's been very good. I I agree with that. I I think and he's he's been very good. He, I mean, his jump shot could still use work, but he's, oh yeah, but his defense is really good and playmaker, um, really good can, playmaker, can score. I can find score. it hard to believe. I like him could, a lot. I find it, well, I don't want to keep him for the long term, <laughs> but I find it hard to believe that um, nobody wanted him at the at the at the deadline, or Bobby Portis. Like Bobby Portis and, is like a sec, worth a second round pick in my opinion. And he started. He was also banged up for most of the yeah for the, the season, first half. and then he started coming on strong. Uh, later, like right before the the All Star break, now he's a little banged up again. I've really been enjoying Alfred Payton. Randall, here's my take on Randall. But now he's on. Now after this year, he'll be a one and one. Yeah. Instead of a two and one, he's now a one and one. So now he's. Well, his one is a player, I believe, isn't it? They're, they're all team options. I thought you. I thought Julius was a player. Options. Anyway, um, Julius Randall, not a superstar, but a good player. No, I don't think he's good. You don't think he's good. I, I think actually, he's. I think he's a good player. I don't think you. I think. You, I think. I, I think I could tell that you stopped watching the Knicks games. <laughs> no, oh, he's had a couple of bad. No, he's had a couple of bad performances and bad plays. And the game, the most recent game, he was horrendous. All he does is turn the ball over. I don't. And, but and, I think. But like, and he's actually detrimental to the growth of RJ. Uh, which is the biggest thing because when RJ RJ's getting thrown a little shade at him, I thought if you if you saw the Instagram stories he's doing, he's like how much he likes to play with Frank. And if you look at what the game is when when he plays with Frank, Frank gives him the ball. When he doesn't play with Frank, they just so he had like fourteen points in the first quarter in the last game, and then 
started playing with with Randall again, and Randall just started playing point forward. Right. Randall is not, and, a, and he was having a bad game. He was like one for eight, and then just started saying like, "No, I'm the best player. Give me the ball." But like it wasn't working. It's ridiculous, and he, all he does is like I can't have him take the ball at the court. He does not have those ball handling skills. All he does is drive into the paint, has no control over his body, uh, and just spin moves and turns the ball over. Granted, he like he makes some nice shots every now and then, but it's like ultimately he he just. He turns the ball over so much for a power forward. Right. So much. What I was going to say about Julius Randle before you rudely cut me off. Sorry, I get passionate about Julius. Was that he's a good player who needs alphas ahead of him. He needs people who are more proven than him, who have better ball handling skills than him, that he doesn't look at and say like, oh, I'm way better than all these guys. Let me do everything. I think his role becomes way more efficient and effective when there's a real point guard another ball handling wing who's proven something and he doesn't feel like he has to do everything. Even with Marcus Morris on the team, you can tell Randall was okay with Morris taking over in fourth quarters because Morris was really, really good in a bunch of fourth quarters. But right now I don't think Randall respects his teammates enough. And maybe that's a problem with his personality, right? But I think he still has enough in his skill set and in his talent level to be good he needs to have alphas ahead of him. This is this is like Tim Hardaway Jr. for the Knicks, like where he's a good player who wasn't in the right, right. system match for him. Um, yeah, for sure. And now Tim Hardaway has alphas ahead of him, and he's shooting forty percent and the third leading scorer on a team. Yeah, exactly. So like like a Rand- playoff team. Randall's a third player on the team. Like, yeah, and, and that's like, that's my point. So yes. I don't know if that's going to work right for the Knicks, but I still don't. I didn't give up faith in Randall's basketball player. Is my point. I mean, he'll still put up the the twenty plus points a game, which is like I think that this that's one of those things where you look at the stats before someone comes in, and you're like, oh well, he's a good player, and then you don't really watch the game, so you don't see how often he does what he does. So I I, I think that he's he's just not the right fit for the Knicks. But I also but but like what sucks though is that the way he's playing is also damaging his value. So you can't trade him for as Fair high enough. as you'd like to. Like he's he'll go somewhere and be worth a first round pick, but he won't, he's not playing like a first round pick trade bait uh, at the moment. Right. And the way he played in New Orleans was perfectly suited for him. Alvin Gentry had that team just running, running up and down, and he is good in transition when he you know gets ahead of steam. He could actually make some decent passes, can finish in transition. The the Pelicans had the right system for him, for sure. Uh, the Knicks just don't really have a just system. Just don't have a system. Exactly. <laughs> they don't have a system. Although I still like Mike Miller. I th- that's one of my other take- takeaways. I think Mike, and Mike Miller is should totally be given a shot with the new management. He probably won't be, but he's, yeah, he's we, done. we need an X's and O's guy. We need a guy focused on player development. We need a Kenny Atkinson type guy that's uh, going to come in and do that. So, yeah. Hoping that's what happens. Well, good stuff. That's That felt like we got a lot more than seven minutes in on the Knicks right there. That yeah. was like jam-packed action. We were going back and forth. I haven't spoken about the Knicks on the podcast in like I know. a year and I, a half. I think we got to do um, a full Knicks, not a full Knicks. We could do a retrospective after. We can we can do like a 20, 30-minute Knicks segment in like a week or two. Yeah, we could do like, or we could do like a end-of-year retrospective or something like oh, that too. God, it's going to be so sad. <laughs> I mean, it could be hopeful then. I don't know. Dennis Smith Jr. Look like, looks like he's starting to get something going. Uh, so he's the, oh, he could just be so frustrating sometimes. You know he's, what? He's the classic... Oh my God, he looks incredible, and then he looks terrible. He, he the he, next play, he 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 needs to learn how to play on a team as opposed to just playing at NC State and being the guy, right? right. Like then he, if he could do that, he'll be a good NBA player. But he's not there right now, so yeah. Well, shit. All right, go Knicks, go Yanks. Here we are, Sports Blog New York podcast. Pete Kennedy and Al Gargento. Thank y'all for listening. As always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and turn on your notifications on the Apple Podcast app so you know when we have some new episodes coming out. 
So you guys enjoy your week. Two episodes for you this week. We got more coming the following week. Baseball's around the corner. Basketball's still kicking. An NFL draft. Ooh. Combine. Ooh. Happening now, basically. Ooh. How about that? Give me Jerry Judy. How about that? Have a good day, everybody.